John 5.43. This, I believe, will be the last in our series on the mystery of iniquity, or our study of the Antichrist. This should be our last tonight. And I'll begin reading in John chapter 5. And I think I will start, start at verse 40. And ye will not come to me, that ye might have life. Now this is Jesus, and he is speaking to the Jews. Specifically the Jews that were rejecting him as their Messiah. And he says to them, ye will not come to me. That's of their own free will and volition, their choice. And the offer is that you might have life. And of course, he's talking about eternal life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come, in his own name, him ye will receive. Now, Jesus is speaking of the Antichrist. There is another who will come in his own name. He will receive the honor that comes from men. And Jesus said, him ye will receive. That's a prophetic utterance right there. That Jesus said... The Antichrist is going to show up, and you're going to receive him as your Messiah. How can you believe, which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. So Jesus is always bringing them back to Moses and back to the law, because at this point, they're still under the law. Believers are still under the law at this point. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? So Jesus is saying to Jews who had rejected him, the true Messiah, that one day they will receive the Antichrist as their Messiah. Okay? That's fulfilled. So there's two people. There's two Christs. And I know we talked about this last time a little bit. But there are two Christs. Remember we went to a chapter in Genesis. And we read a verse that talks about the seed of the woman. And the seed of the serpent. Which is Satan. Remember what chapter that was in? The book of Genesis. Genesis 3.15. So you have the seed of the woman. And that is, that's the Christ. That's Jesus Christ. And then you have the seed of the serpent. Uh, I think that's... S-E-R-P-A-N-T is an E-N-T. 
Looks like it's ENT. Yeah. Seed of the serpent, which is the Antichrist. So this was the Messiah that the Jews rejected, the seed of the woman, and they will receive the seed of the serpent. The interesting thing about both is that they both come from women, right? Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Ghost. The seed of the serpent, the Antichrist, he will also come from a woman, but he will be born of a woman who is an unholy woman, an ungodly woman. We don't know who she is. We don't know who the Antichrist is yet. The world has never seen a man like this that's going to show up. Uh, yes, he will, he will be human. He will be born of a woman. The Antichrist, born of a woman. So he will be a, a real, literal, fleshly man. Yes. And, and that's, I forgot to bring my book. I was going to bring um, Clarence Larkin's Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. And he has 14 points of how the uh, Jesus Christ is different from the Antichrist. And it's very interesting, and I forgot it. I was going to read it to you. But uh, you see, there's, a, there's, this, there's this theme going throughout the whole Bible. Everything that Jesus Christ does, the Antichrist copies and it sounds like an anti-Jewish statement that I just made. Like it's anti-Semitic that I say that the Jews are actually going to receive the Antichrist as their Messiah. But it's true. It's true biblically. Now, not all of them. There will be a remnant of, of Jews during the tribulation who are saved out of the tribulation. And God will take that small group within the larger nation. He will take them and he will start over. With them, and they will not receive the Messiah. They'll they'll be saved. Yes, yes. He's so because he's got signs and working miracles and even natural phenomena going on. Yeah, very. He was very persuasive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so we, we believe probably uh, Sela Petra, or Sela Petra uh, is where that they will be protected by the Lord and He'll cover them there with His hand. Yeah, and so Jesus Christ, He is the King of Kings, right? And He's the King of Kings. And Daniel calls the Antichrist, the seed of the serpent, he calls him the willful king. He's the willful king. Um, Jesus calls the, uh, the, the Antichrist, he calls him this, this other who will come in his own name. Paul called him that wicked. We studied that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That wicked one. So he is, he is a wicked one. And just called that wicked. And Jesus Christ, of course, is called the Son of Righteousness. So it's like everything that Jesus is, the devil copies, or he's the anti-type, and he copies it, but it, everything that he does is twisted and, 
and wicked and perverse. So he takes something that is godly and then he twists it. Born of a woman, that was godly, but, but it's, a, it's an antichrist line. People who are of their father, the devil. Uh, a king, but, but not a good king, not a godly king, but a willful king. And he, he, is, he is wicked. Now, um, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2. And in this chapter, Paul gives the Antichrist four titles in 2 Thessalonians 2. So we started here and we are going to end in 2 Thessalonians 2. And the four titles are the man of sin. He calls the Antichrist the man of sin. He calls him the son of perdition. And he calls him the mystery of iniquity. That's a title given to the Antichrist. Mystery of iniquity. And he calls him that wicked in verse 8. That wicked. Capital W. So whenever you see a capitalized word and it's referring to a person, that means it's like, using that word uh, to refer to an actual literal person. So, Jesus Christ has the mystery of, an, of godliness. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the devil will have his false prophet. He will be a religious... The Antichrist will be a religious man like a priest. And, uh, and then is the willful king. That's, that's true. So you have the mystery of godliness with Jesus. What is that? Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Seed of the woman. The incarnation. God showed up as a man. God took on a human body. And you have the mystery of Iniquity. What is that? Satan takes on a body. Satan dwells in a man. The Antichrist. So you have, you have uh, God incarnate and you have Satan incarnate in flesh. The mystery of iniquity. That's a title given to the Antichrist. So that's why I said that whenever you think about the mystery of iniquity, just... Attached to that, the word Antichrist, because that's basically what it's talking about. Uh, every time a mystery shows up, Schofield says in his reference Bible, he says that it always has a supernatural, I think he says, connotation or supernatural meaning. So any of the mysteries in the Bible, there's, there's a supernatural element to it. And that's the same thing with the mystery of iniquity. It is, it is supernatural. It's otherworldly. It's the stuff that sci-fi is, is made of. The Antichrist is like the devil's Superman. He is really going to be something to see. And so many people will be swept away with him. Alright, so let's look at verse 
6 and 7. Before we get into this, does anyone have a comment there to make on that or a question? Yeah. 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 Yes. Everybody will be able to see it because of, I assume, smartphones. Um, unless they have some other kind of technology where they take the phone and they put it into glasses. I don't know. But everybody will be able to see it. Probably have big big uh, screens on the side of buildings like New York City and so on. Everyone will see that. Yeah, and that's another thing. They both rise from the dead. So... No, no, we won't. We won't be. We'll we'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be gone. And so that that's a good segue into what we what we need to look at tonight as we conclude really our study of the mystery of iniquity. And yeah, he's he uh, he's revealed at the beginning of the tribulation when he signs that peace concord or a pact or a treaty with the Jews. And so he is very friendly at first to the Jewish people and is a pro-Israel leader and then he when he signs that peace compact with them they they think that he's their messiah and so on. Then people who study the Bible and study the book of Daniel will know at that time this is the antichrist. He's making this peace pact. Yes. Yeah, right. And and I think like, you know, the Magi, how they were studying the Bible, uh, the Old Testament scriptures, and they knew that the Messiah was to be born and they were following the star. So they were they were studying the prophecies and there will be people during the tribulation as well after the church is gone. And I imagine they'll probably find a lot of websites and things like that and, and things to listen to. So those are good questions. Um, anything else for go on? So... Um, what Miss Boo said is, will we be under his power or his control? No, no, but notice what Paul said. He said in verse 7, let's just go to 7 and then we'll, we'll back up to 6. He says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Doth already work. Okay, so Paul said that during his time, during the time of the apostles in the first century, the mystery of iniquity was already at work. What does that mean? Well, we talked about it, I think, a week or two ago, that there were many antichrists at that time. The Apostle John says that. And he said, uh, many antichrists, but there was one coming antichrist that they all, were, they all were types of. They were all just little antichrists, but there's a great big antichrist coming the seed of the serpent. And so, what does that mean? That means that there were people who were... The, the word iniquity literally means lawlessness. People who would not receive the word of God. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah or the Son of God. They were antichrist. And uh, people who were uh, following that same kind of a spirit of, of the antichrist. And so, it was already at work. For example, we talked about that, but... The Jews are the first ones to persecute the church. So the Jews were the Antichrists uh, that uh, 
that John taught, spoke about. They were the, the people who were following John and following Paul and, and Peter, and everywhere that they went, they would teach people, and then these, these Judaizers would come behind them and try to twist and corrupt their teaching and, and confuse people and, and get people under a works-based type of a salvation. Those people were Antichrist. They denied the Father and the Son. Um, and then on up through the years, you know, obviously Rome and the emperors, they would be Antichrist. Um, and then you had, eventually the Muslims came along in about 600s A.D., they're, they're Antichrist. And then you have uh, just the, the spirit of the world, this world, the, the world system. Not the, not the hills and the trees and the flowers. And it, yeah, it's, there's a world religion, yeah. Yeah, yes. There's a world religion, there's a world system that goes along with that religion, and it's, it's, uh, it's been at work. So technically, I mean, we're not under his kingdom and authority because the Antichrist, once he, once he stands up and then makes that peace pact, he will reign for seven years as the willful king. He'll reign for seven years. We will not be under that reign, but we are still under the mystery of iniquity right now. And I, I like to think of it like this. Think about, I read recently about that... Um, I think it was Toledo, was it Toledo, where someone went into a Jewish synagogue and just started just shooting people and hurting people and killing people with their guns. And they're just now starting to, I think it's been two years, they're just now starting to uh, deal with that in court and bring charges against the shooters. And, And, you know, how is it that things like that can go on? You know? And then you think about people going into an Amish school and hurting children, and I don't want to talk about too much of this stuff because we have a mixed audience tonight. But people say that are like agnostic or uh, not born-again Bible believers, they'll say things like that, like this. They'll say, if God um, loves us and cares, then why do all these bad things happen? You know, it's kind of, it's a mystery, isn't it? Why does God allow all of these things to happen? Natural disasters, so on. And the thing is, is that God, if he, if he just decided to shut this whole thing down, you know, that he would stop redeeming souls. So at the same time that all of this evil is going on, you still have people being saved and brought into the body of Christ, the church. And, and so there are good things happening at the same time as there are bad things happening. But that will come to an end. It's happened because this country and this world has turned their back on God. Yes, yeah. There's your, there's your sin. Right. Yeah. So could it be better than what it is? Yes. Uh, a great example of that, and that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, a great example of that is John Patton, missionary to the New Hebrides. He went to these little islands where these tribes were warring with one another, and there were all these factions, and there, there was cannibalism, and there were things happening that were, were wrong. Like, say, if a, if a, if a, if a man dies then that, that man's women, woman, that man's wife and, uh, would be bereaved not only of her husband, but his children would be buried with him. It was just a religious superstition that they thought that those children uh, were not supposed to live, and they would just... They, there were things like that happening. There were tribes attacking one another and spearing each other and eating each other. Terrible things like that happening. That was not that long ago. 
That was like the time of the East Indian Trade Company and stuff like that when British ruled the seas. But anyways, he went into those islands. He started preaching the gospel and an entire island was converted to Christ. Guess what happened? They stopped killing each other. They stopped eating each other. They stopped killing children unnecessarily out of superstition. They valued life. You know, the gospel made all the difference. So that, that is the difference. So, yes, but, but you still have all of these bad things happening in the world. All right, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And why don't we hear about the thousands and thousands of, of people, Christian people, killed in Nigeria or the Sudanese? They say that Nigeria right now is probably the second worst uh, genocide that we've seen in modern times, and it's not talked about by our government, and it's not on the news, and our government's not trying to do anything about it. It's Christian persecution. Uh, and see, that's a, a great mystery, isn't it? That. It's, it's Satan. Remember what I said Satan wants to do? He wants to use the Antichrist to persecute and kill God's people. And so the spirit of Antichrist, or the, the, the mystery of iniquity that doth already work, is that satanic hatred against Israel and against Christian people. And yes, there is hatred against other people. Yes, there is. That's true. But that's specifically what that's referring to. And God is allowing it to go on. But... Believe me, that uh, people aren't getting away with anything. They're going to pay for it one of these days. Payday's coming someday, famous sermon. All right, so look at verse 6. Let's just wrap this up here. Um, And now we know what withholdeth. All right, so in your study Bibles, it probably says that withholdeth means to hinder. And in verse 7, only he who now letteth will let. And they probably say that to let means to hinder. And so they link 6 and 7 together and say that we're talking about the restrainer of evil in both of those verses. Now, I don't think that that's the case. And this is just a minor point. But Paul said, now ye know what withholdeth. What, what's hindering? What's preventing something from happening? And he's talking about what, what hindereth or what withholds the day of Christ coming. Remember we studied that in verse 3? Two things. The falling away, the, the total apostasy of the church, and the man of sin being revealed. What, what withholds that? Paul said they knew. So Paul told them, and we don't totally know. I mean, we know that the man of sin uh, in type was revealed all the way back then. Um, the, the Antichrist, the little, an, the little A Antichrist. But the withholding, what withholds the day of Christ coming is different from verse 7. That's the point I'm trying to say. Withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. You see verse 6. So we're talking about what, what prevents or what what's keeping the the son of perdition from being revealed in his time. Verse 6. So that withholdeth is different than the word let in verse 7. 
And it's not talking about the same thing. Because people will say this. And I taught it that way when I first started to show you this because I was explaining the passage. They'll say in verse 6, what withholdeth? They'll say, so the, so the restrainer, the restrainer of this mystery of iniquity happening and the, and the son of perdition, the Antichrist being revealed, the restrainer from this, this terrible time on earth is a neuter because it says what? It's a neuter, not, not male, not female, but neutral. And that's not what it's talking about. What, withhold, what withholds the man of sin being revealed in his time? Well, the apostasy hadn't occurred yet. So that's what withholds that, verse 6. Now on to something different, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he, now that's masculine, he who now letteth, that word letteth or let, as we've said, is a word that means prevent or restrain. And it's a word that's used today in tennis. And I talked about that. If, if two people are playing tennis, then one person hits the ball and the ball hits the top of the net. So it prevents a point from being scored. And then the umpire will, will step forward and, and say loudly that that was a let. And that's a, that's a, a call. That's one of the major uh, rules in tennis. And so when that happens, then the server will, will serve and they'll start over from there. So that's a, a word that is used today and it, it simply means to, pre to prevent or hinder. So there is a masculine term for someone who restrains. So who is it that restrains evil is the question. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So the question is, who is it that, that restrains evil? Yes. So that is a modern day interpretation. And just, just remember this. Study Bibles are good. You know I promote them. But the notes are not inspired. Okay? Scripture is, but everything outside of the Scripture is not inspired. So you just ought to know, all down through church history, people have been trying to figure this out. Let's test that. Let's test that with what the Bible actually says there. And then I'll, I'll, I'll show my hand eventually, okay? So, I just want you, to, I want you to think, and all we know to be true is what it actually says, right? That's all we know. Because Paul said, ye know, and I think there were some things that they knew that we don't know today. Ye know what withholdeth. Well, then he says, the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth. So, to let is to restrain or withhold. Okay? So who is it that who is it that letteth? Who is this restrainer? Who is the restrainer? Well, he's a he. Verse six doesn't have anything to do with it because some people say verse six is neuter, therefore it could be referring to the Holy Spirit. No, verse six is saying what withholds the Man of sin from being revealed. Well, the apostasy of the church is what withholds it. That's just what Paul told us in verse 3. 
Okay, and then once the, the church goes into apostasy, and then the man of sin is revealed, then the events that are going to occur during the day of Christ will happen. Okay, but only he who now letteth. So we know it's a, a male. Okay, question. Is the church ever called a male? We're called a, a bride. And especially in the use of end times language and terminology. But we are the body of Christ. So, yeah. So, let's say, um, is it the church? Or is it the Holy Spirit? So, the Holy Spirit is referred to as both neuter, and the church is not a he. That's the problem with that. The church is not a he. The Holy Spirit is called a he. Okay, but look at this. Only he who now letteth, prevents, hinders, you know, just unbounded lawlessness and, and evil and tyranny on a level that we've never seen before. Make, he'll make Hitler look like a Sunday school kid. Okay? Wickedness and terror like we've never seen before. Um. Who's hindering that? Who's keeping that from happening? Okay, until he be taken out of the way. Alright, is it the church? Is it the Holy Spirit? Well, he will be taken out of the way. Okay, can the Holy Spirit be taken out of the way? Well, I'm going to challenge you on that. Yes, that's what the teaching says, right? But watch. Okay, come with me. Let's do these quickly. Jeremiah 23. Will the, so, are we going to go with the Holy Spirit will be taken out of this world when the church is raptured? Would that be an accurate biblical interpretation? Remember, the, only way that, the way that the Holy Spirit teaches us the Bible is the Holy Spirit compares Scripture with Scripture. That's how He teaches. So, uh, Paul said, You need not that any man teach you. And when he was saying that, Paul himself was teaching them. But what Paul was saying is that, You don't need any man to teach you other than what I'm already teaching you. And then, Paul gave us the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit tells us how to study them and how He will teach us. And we learn by comparing Scripture with Scripture. And then... Because we're all responsible, every one of us in this room is responsible to study and to interpret the scriptures, but you just have to do it the biblical way. And I'm going to tell you this, you're not, you're not missing out because you don't know the original languages. Because God didn't make his book uh, uh, like inaccessible to just the average person. You don't need to know the original languages. A lot of times, it'll lead you into error. And confuse the situation. The Lord gave you a book in your own language. And he wants you to compare scripture to scripture. So, can the Holy Spirit be taken out of the way? Jeremiah 23, verse 23. Um, uh, Jeremiah 23, 23. So... 
just just so you know, on down through the years, I, I read this before, but people have gone with different interpretations, like Christian people, church fathers, people who love the Lord and believe the, believe the book and all that. They would say some of them thought it was Nero was the one who had to be taken out of the way because he was keeping order in the Roman peace and so on. Uh, some thought it was human government. Uh, human government wouldn't work because human government's not a he. Nero would work. Some thought it was uh, the church. Some thought the Holy Spirit. Uh, there were other choices. Uh, there's, there's a whole list that I gave. So uh, this has been something that the church has wrestled with all down through the years. Uh, but Jeremiah 23, verse 23. Am I a God at hand? That's close enough to, to get a hold of. Hand-to-hand combat. When you get down to hand-to-hand combat, that means that you're so close that you can't pull a rifle up to shoot somebody. You're so close, you're dealing with hand-to-hand combat with your fists and with, with knives. So, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? So what God's saying is, I'm near and I'm far. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. So, God fills heaven and earth. That's a rhetorical question. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's all over the place. He's here in Racine, and he's on the backside of Mars. Okay? He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. Can the Holy Spirit then be taken out of the way? As it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.6. Alright, look at another one. Psalm 139. So you have to go back to the left. Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 and verse 9. Well, verse 7. Psalm 139, verse 7. So, others have said that they believe the He is Jesus Christ. And that would fit the he. That would also fit the transition that happens prior to the tribulation. The church is taken out. The church is the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet. Christ is active in this world through the church, empowered by and filled by the Holy Spirit. So some people have, have said Jesus Christ. Uh, government, I mentioned government. I'll just do GVN for that. Um, all right, so verse 7. Whither, now this is David talking about, you can't run away from God. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? The answer is nowhere. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. So God's up in heaven. The third heaven, higher than the backside of Mars. Uh, higher than the Milky Way. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell... Behold, thou art there, under the earth. God's everywhere. He's even under the earth. He's omnipresent. God's not restrained by physical limitations. Jesus could walk right through walls. God's not restrained by the the crust 
of this earth. He's everywhere. So, can the Holy Spirit be taken out of the way if, if the Spirit is omnipresent? The answer, according to the Scripture, is no. No, He's not taken out of the way. So they say His influence is taken out of the way. Like your study Bible, right, Randy? It said that the influence of the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. Well, is He referring to the Holy Spirit? That's, a, that's an option. But He taken out of the way, it doesn't say His influence. But that's where they go to verse 6 to get that neuter. That's where they compare verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians 2 to get the neuter. Alright, look at Revelation 11. This is the real problem with this uh, interpretation, is to say that the Holy Spirit can be taken out of the way is not biblical. Yeah. Right. Right. And I would... I would Personally, that's the interpretation I would go with. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can restrain Satan. He's the only one strong. I mean, God, obviously. God's the only one that can restrain Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he's, he's inside of us. But he's, his special presence is within us, but he's everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When when we when the church goes up, the Holy Spirit's still here, is my point. Yeah. But well, we'll look at Revelation eleven. He's gotta be here. Well, for one thing, he's gotta be because he's God and he's he's omnipresent. But he's gotta be because people are getting saved during the, the, the tribulation. So the Holy Spirit's not gone. He's 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 still restraining people. People will wanna go on in their sins and he's still uh Striving, that's the word from Genesis 6. He's still striving with men during the tribulation. Yeah. 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 Right. He's got to be here. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I can't go with that interpretation. Like if I were to stand up here as your pastor and say, it's the Holy Spirit that's taken out of the way. I couldn't say it. If I did, I'd, I'd have to say something that's not biblical. So the closest to that is I could say it's his influence. But that's not what it said. It said he is taken out of the way. So who is the he? It's a person taken out of the way. Who is the he? Um, so... Revelation 11, we'll, we'll, it looks like we're going to go into a five-parter, but Revelation 11, we're going to go a little bit longer tonight, I'm going to stretch your patience, and we'll be alright, we'll be okay. Alright, Revelation 11, look at this, verse 11, I'm not going to get to preach for a week, so I'm going to be, I already think, I'm already thinking about stuff I want to preach this coming Sunday, and, and it's not my turn. Revelation chapter 11, verse 11, so... Uh, let's begin reading there. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them. You see? And they stood upon their feet. So there's the Spirit of God present during the tribulation, bringing the two witnesses back to life. 
And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is active in the earth during the Great Tribulation period. He's active over in Jerusalem at that time. Compare that also to chapter 7, verse 9. We'll we'll end here. Chapter 7, verse 9. Let's read this verse, and I'll give a couple of... of, uh, Illustrations of how the church is restraining evil today before we close. Um, But Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. So it says here, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Chapter 7 verse 9. So there's a great multitude of all nations, kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb. Now these are not... You know, they're not uh, in the body of Christ. This is not the church. This is a different group. These are Gentile, Gentile saints, Gentile tribulation saints. And they're clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and so on and so forth. So uh, <clears throat> there are people. Well, yeah, the, the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe went around and evangelized the whole world, and this is the great multitude, this is the fruit of their preaching. Yeah. Yes, I, absolutely. So. so, I've showed you that the Holy Spirit cannot be taken out of the way. I mean, if we're going to just believe what it actually says, He who now letteth will be taken out of the way. I showed you it can't be the Holy Spirit, and then I showed you that the Holy Spirit is actually present on this earth during the tribulation period in Jerusalem, bringing up the two witnesses uh, from, from the dead, and then He's working throughout all the earth as the 144,000 Jewish evangelists are, are just circling the globe. He's working to bring people to saving faith in the tribulation. So He's still here. He's not taken out of the way. So, we're left with, who is it? I'm just going to say this. Um, I, I was of the opinion that it was the Holy Spirit that was taken out when the church was raptured. But the Holy Spirit is not taken out. And I just want to encourage you, don't say that, because that's not true. It's not biblically accurate, and you'd be teaching a falsehood. The Holy Spirit is not taken out at the rapture of the church. But, the church is... The church is taken out, and I think it would be more accurate. And since I don't think that any one of us could say with all certainty in a dogmatic statement that we know exactly who the restrainer is. But it's got to be at God, because only God's strong enough to do it. Okay? But maybe, maybe it's not. We'll find out. But, you know who is working on this planet right now? Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going away. I will send another comforter. And when he referred to that other comforter, Jesus said, I will be with you. And so we're talking about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are not, they're part of the same trinity. So Jesus is working in this world through his church. And when the church goes up, Jesus Christ stops working in this world to restrain evil and he lets it go. He lets it go. So if we're going to say, He is taken out of the way. We could say that the second person of the Trinity is taken away at the rapture of the church, but not the third person of the Trinity. Now, I'm just throwing that out there. 
I watched my brother walk up to the front of the classroom in the best Bible institute on this planet and talk to the president and founder of that Bible institute and say, why could it not be the Holy Spirit? He came on the day of Pentecost. Why couldn't he just go just like he came at the day of Pentecost? And he said, it it won't work. You can't do it. And I understand now why it won't work. You can't say that. So what are we left with? We know it's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Comparing Scripture to Scripture. We, it, I don't think it can be its influence because that's not the way the Bible works. It means what it says. And so it has to be... And I don't think it's the church restraining evil. It has to be just Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. I will come again and receive you. Yes. And so He comes again. And then Jesus is present during the tribulation... At the judgment seat of the Christ. With us. So that's where I will hang my hat at the end of the day. That's as best as I understand it right now. It is Jesus Christ. You could just say this. Just to make it simple. It's God who restrains. And one day God will stop restraining and let the Antichrist just have his, you know, to do his worst. As I've been saying. But the Holy Spirit will still be here. Still working in the world. Okay. Now let me just give you this. Just to, just to make you good and mad before you go. A black pastor by the name of John Amon Chukwu. Now that's the best I can do on that pronunciation. He denounced the Wake County, North Carolina uh, school board. He rebuked them for having a sexual manual, a book, available in the school, in the library, where his children were going to school, and his 10-year-old had access to this perverted, twisted manual, he could go right into the library, pull it down from the shelf, and look at it, and this father and pastor found out about it. And somebody got a hold of that book and took it to him. And he got up in that school council, and he preached, and let me tell you, it is good. Look up this man. Look up Black Pastor Denounces School Board. You'll find it on YouTube. It's great. It's really good. And he got up, and he denounced them. And then what he did is he started to read it, and they didn't want to hear it. And he said, now hold on a minute, I'll just keep reading it. And they didn't want to hear it. They kept trying to stop him. And he said, now, if it's not appropriate for me to read at a school board meeting, then why is it appropriate for my 10-year-old to read it in the school library? You say, what's that? That's the church restraining evil. Is it going to change things, change policies? Probably not. But if more Christians got involved, I think it would. I think it would. Glenn Beck. I don't think so. Not as far as I know. Fox News covered it, and as far as I know, no. And they didn't want to hear from him. They just kept saying, Pastor, stand down. And he actually got up in front of them again, read Scripture on a different occasion, read Scripture, and said that, which one of you has the millstone hanging around your neck because you are offending one of these little ones? Which one of you is the one that's guilty? Because Jesus said, you might as well just jump into the sea with a millstone about your neck. You know, and a good man, good man. Maybe I should do that. I don't know. Lord hadn't called me to do it, but I, and I don't have kids in the public school. But anyways, Glenn Beck, my last one. Glenn Beck goes on record after his 17-year-old daughter tried to commit suicide. And he went to the children's hospital to see his daughter, and he discovered that there were other children there, children as young as eight years old, struggling with these feelings of wanting to hurt themselves. 
And he said, I had noticed a change in my daughter as, the, as she went through public school, and a change in all of my children as they went through public school. And he said this, he said, I think that Satan is attacking our children in a way, in an aggressive manner that he has never attacked them before. And he said, I think it's through, and, and he, he said this, okay, not me. He said, I think it's through the public school. But he said, I think along with that is, is the social media. He said, my daughter had TikTok. She had TikTok and she had uh, uh, Snapchat. And he said, if your children don't have a cell phone, don't give one to them. And he said, I had to give one to my daughter at the age of 15 when she was going to school. But he said, if I could do it all over again, he said, I would take them out of the public school and I would get them off of social media. He said that, that, that Instagram and that, that, that Snapchat and that TikTok, he said, those things ruined my children. He said, That's, it's satanic is what he said. That's what he said, not me. And now I'd say the same thing. It's satanic. It's destroying children, and they don't know it. And so, be a good parent, you know. And, and he, he also said, he said, I know that not everyone can get their children out of public school. God knows, you know. And, and I'm, not just, I'm not just here to preach against the public school, but the greatest, you know, the greatest antichrist, anti-God influence on your children and on my children are in institutions of learning, you know, yeah, yeah. So, and I know Christians just like me, you know, independent Baptists, King James Bible believing, premillennial, premillennial, pre-tribulational, and so on. And they feel just as strongly that their children should be in school and be a light in this public school system. There's a person that I graduated with, and he's a school teacher. Okay, and he teaches in a public school. But, um, and they, everybody's got to do what God tells them to do. But uh, you say, what are you, what are you bringing that up for? I think if Christians got involved, more involved, we could change what is happening. Look what happened with Target. Look what happened with some of these companies and all the money that they've lost because Christians, you know, Ford, Ford Motor Companies, Christians boycotted them, you know, and some of the movie places. Anyways, let's go ahead and close and... Yes, and that, right, right. And I think another thing is that families are just torn up. Everybody's going different directions. Sports, arts, this and that. Families are no longer together, white Caucasian families in America. I go to the state park, one of the state parks, Hocking Hills. It's me and, me and Beth, and we look like five pieces of rice and a, and a pepper shaker. And, and I'm, not being, I'm not being prejudiced. I, I love people of color... Maybe more than you do, okay? I'm not being prejudiced. But Spanish people all over the place, uh, Indian people, uh, other, I didn't see it. I didn't see large, I mean, large gatherings, large family gatherings. I didn't see any large white family gathering. You know why? Because I don't think white families do that anymore. We're divided up. We're, and, and I think that's Satan's plan. Get the children away from the influence of their parents. And when, you, when they go to college, guess what happens in college? They will tear down everything that you tried to teach.
teach your children while you are raising them in a godly Christian home. So why would you send them to college and pay the tuition or pay the pay the salaries of the people that Satan is using to destroy your children? Why not go to a good Christian college? Yeah. Yeah. And here's a, here's a, so it's the money, lose the federal funding. Yeah, but if I think if uh, more people got on it, I think that's just an excuse. Yeah, there might be sacrifices. But there, I heard about some students who prayed at the graduation at, uh, here at Southern, and that's great. And the students can do the same thing. Stand against, the, push back the darkness, be the light in this world. All right, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this study, and I think we've finished it up, Lord. And um, I'm thankful right now that there is one who is restraining evil in this world. And I'm thankful that the devil is under your sovereign control. You, you said there in Second Thessalonians 2 that he has a time. There's a time appointed when he can come and do his worst but not until you let him. And I thank you that, that you're in control of everything, that everything is under your authority and power, and, un, and ultimately happening according to your will. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to withstand, and having done all to stand in the evil day, to stand, to stand for something, Lord. Help us to. Help us not to be just sitting on the sidelines and help us to get in the game and do our very best. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd come back. And I pray that when you do come back, you'll find these people here, my dear brothers and sisters, that you'd find us all just watching, waiting for you, being witnesses, uh, continuing to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, Lord, if, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we don't love this world, Lord. We know that this world is an antichrist system, and, uh, and it's darkness and your light. And so, Lord, I pray you'd help us to, to walk in the light and to love the light. Lord, we, we thank you for this tonight. We pray that you protect us and our families, Lord. We've, there's people here, myself included, that have been hurt by the, the, these things that we've been talking about tonight. We know families, we know families with children that have been hurt by all of these ways that the devil is coming to steal and to kill and destroy, Lord. And how our heart goes out, how our heart is burdened for, for young people who have been, uh, Lord, who have been just swallowed up uh, and, and their lives been ruined. I pray, Father, that you would just redeem more and that you would uh, save more souls. And Lord, that you would just bless and help us to be witnesses, help us to uh, be like that that black preacher, and to have a righteous indignation for the things that are happening right now in our country, and uh, to do the best that we can to, to withstand and to stand against it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for being so patient tonight. Uh, black preacher, North Carolina, denounces public school board. YouTube, yeah. He's, he's really something. Okay, ooh, that's nice.